0: Mr. and Mrs. North and South American, all the ships at sea, let's go to press. Here we go. Here now with all of today's cruise and travel news and a bit of commentary, it's the guru of the seas himself, Tom Drake. It is indeed himself. And this is the podcast for Tuesday, February 27th, 2024. Let me stop right there and remind everybody to check out the BJ and Bill podcast. That's on all of the podcast platforms. So much. uh, Just like this uh, amazing soon to be award winning (laughs) uh, presentation, BJ and Bill. A lot of fun. Two old guys talking about old guys stuff. They're both veteran radio personalities from Southwest Florida. Reunited, a lot of fun, the BJ and Bill podcast. Hey, you want to listen to Tommy Chong? You remember Cheech and Chong? What's up, dude? He's on my buddy John Fiorentino's podcast every week. That's called the Big Bad Broadcast. You can find that on the same platforms that you find this soon-to-be award-winning extravaganza. We are uh, celebrating day four in Paradise. That's what they call it anyway. I am uh, at the Radisson Blue on Denaro Island in Fiji, next to Latoka. In a couple of days on Friday, as you probably already know, I'll join the Crystal Serenity for their world cruise where I'll be entertaining people that have a few more bucks in the bank than I do. Otherwise, I'll be home right now watching spring training baseball the Yankees are back baby it's going to be our year I'm getting to the emails thank you I'm getting to the all of the things going on I'm dragging uh, between all of the pressure of the world crews and my students and my shows And getting here from Sydney, I know, you don't want to hear me whining, but, you know, it's not like you're paying for this. Um, Flying here from Sydney, getting situated into this resort, getting it organized. We are in the right one-bedroom suite now, overlooking the Lagoon Pool. It's a very nice resort, the Radisson Blue. Three pools here, the children's pool, the adult pool, which uh, is like the pool on Oceana, and the family pool where they they have the swim-up bar at the family pool which is all for also kids and i'm like what about having one of the adult pool but i look nobody in that pool would buy a drink all the happening people they have kids all the husbands are at the bar getting hammered so they don't have to pay attention to the little mutant rugrats swimming around with little wings on and things like that we had a good time yesterday there i mentioned that in the previous podcast if you're a first-timer to the podcast welcome what we do here is uh, give you what's happening in the cruise and travel industry. And we, we give our, our two cents, uh, my point of view, my commentary. Uh, I think it's important after 30 years entertaining people on cruise ships around the world, I think I have a kind of a, a different look on what is happening in the travel industry, more so than the people that are running it. I'm, I'm not saying I'm smarter, but I think I am. I'm not saying I I'm smarter. I just think I am. Uh, if you want to reach out and remind me that I'm not, you can always reach me at the Drake Podcast at gmail.com, the drakepodcast at gmail.com. I love to play this. Remind everybody that we have uh, men and women and whatever you call yourselves uh, putting themselves on the line in the Red Sea and the Suez Canal as we try to help out shipping companies that aren't even based in America. I love this. What's the word I want to... Just It's so different to me because during the pandemic, the United States of America had nothing to do with the cruise industry and they all said the same thing. Well, they don't pay taxes in the United States. They create jobs, thousands of jobs, construction jobs, uh, travel agents, uh, jobs, uh, luggage handlers and ticket tickets.? Thousands of jobs in the United States created by the cruise industry. No help during the pandemic. Now... The United States Navy is all over the Red Sea and the Suez Canal protecting German shipping companies, Italian shipping companies. None of those people pay a dime, a dime. There are very few American flag, U.S. flag shipping, ships, I should say, tankers or freighters anywhere near the Red Sea and the Suez But There we are. There we are protecting the world along with the uh, United Kingdom, but... Who has more than anybody there? We do. It's always the United States. And I don't care if you're from Canada and you're bothered by that. I don't care if you're from England and you're bothered by that. And certainly I don't care if you're from the, from the European Union because you're going to show up eventually. And You got to have lunch and have a meeting and run your, you're running your four ships from some office building in Greece. Give me a break. Now, the Norwegian Cruise Line is canceling. What do you hear this? Several cruises aboard the Norwegian Sky for late 2024 due to the conflicts in the Red Sea region. That is how much faith the cruise industry has in the United States government or the United Kingdom government or any government. They don't figure they're going to get this thing straightened out by the end of the year. It's only February 27th, but they're canceling cruises at the end of the year. You know why? Because there's so much angst and expense and money right now trying to transport people around Africa against their will, basically, and the the cost of the cruise all of that logistics of moving all of the goods that were supposed to go to certain parts of Europe. And now they have to go to Africa because the ship is going to be a month and a half to get around Africa all because of these Iranian backed whack jobs, as I call them, IBWJs, the Hooties, uh, no blowfish. And according to the Norwegian Cruise Line, they have been monitoring the situation. And let me tell you something, whether it's Norwegian or Royal Caribbean or celebrity or any of them, what, what motivates the decision is the bottom line. How, how much will it cost us to cancel it compared to waiting and then having to move everything at the last minute because it's still not straightened out six months, seven months from now? And they've decided after monitoring the situation, and look at the bottom line, despite our best hopes that it would de-escalate, we have made the decision to alter the public's itineraries now. Now for the end of 2024, those are cruises, November 4th, November 20th and December 4th on the Norwegian sky. They're bailing now. That's it. I think they're going to actually bring them back empty. They're just dumping them. Well, the other problem with this is you have a chance to cancel uh, for November. If you're on the ship on a world cruise and so many are on world cruises for so many companies, there's not a chance to bail out. You're on there. So you're going to go to Africa. You didn't really want to go, but it's not the fault of the cruise line. It's the fault of well, first of all, these are people that are born and bred to hate, and they're firing on non-combatants, uh, people that aren't involved in Israel or. Are- palestine They're not ships going to Israel. Uh, as you know, these whack jobs, they shot on a ship that was on the way to Iran to bring corn. In, and Iran's giving them the one, given them the missiles to shoot at, whether they admit it or not. So anyway, that's a big decision. And they're leading the way doing that. You can almost predict that every cruise line will do the same thing now because it'll cost them less. It's still going to cost them a bundle, but it'll cost them less to do it now. Than to have their fingers crossed and hope that, and I'm not laying this on the blame of maybe a little uh, on the blame of the current administrations, whether it be in England or Canada or France, what's France doing? They're having a croissant. Um, It's just, these people just won't quit. No matter how many times they fire on us, we fire on them back and forth. We go. So that's it. NCL the first to pull the plug on the entire year of using the Suez Canal and, uh, and the and uh, the um, the Red Sea. So, and when you hear this, well, you know I always tell my listeners, my devoted podcast people. Wash your hands, wash them off. And you're sick of hearing it. But I have to tell you, because you don't listen. You don't listen. I know you don't listen. And and as I mentioned, I'm at a wonderful resort right here. I am a a wonderful resort that is up their butt with biosecurity. When we got into Fiji, they they actually were going to open my suitcase to look for the Rao spaghetti sauce that I brought with me, which was sealed. And it came from a clean store somewhere in Los Angeles because they're worried about infectious diseases there's not one hand sanitizer in this whole resort the pool yesterday was about 97 degrees because i guarantee every australian peed in the pool i don't care if you're from australia it was like crazy warm warmer than the adult pool how can that be we're in the family pool so here we are To come into Fiji, they want to check everything. Don't bring this, don't bring that, don't get caught with this, whatever. Meanwhile, they don't have one hand sanitizer. This resort is ready for an outbreak of norovirus. Absolutely ready. And that's why I tell people, buy yourself a little bottle of sanitizer, carry it with you, wash your hands and wash them off. And So the Norwegian Dawn was supposed to land at Port Louis, Mauritius. I don't know why. Who decided they would turn around there? I don't know. But, and they were banned because they had six guests with norovirus, except the paper hat boneheads in Mauritius didn't believe it. And, they're, you know, these little islands, these little places are so much smarter than anybody else, and they love to flex their muscles and flip their paper hat and break your balls. So they refused the Norwegian Dawn entry. That ship was turning around in Mauritius, and they had to wait two days while they had the test done. took two days, right? Two days to do the test. What would it take in the United States? I don't know about Canada. We get it done a little quicker. So over two days, they couldn't bring the ship in. So those people waited two days to leave, and the people that came in all had to be put in hotels. A couple of thousand people put in hotels at Norwegian's expense, all the meals at Norwegian's expense. The people flying home missed flights. Uh, Extra cost, whatever, that is at Norwegian expense. I think there's also a future cruise credit that's going to be involved for the inconvenience, all because of a half a dozen bonehead paperhead morons in Mauritius who were afraid, afraid of this could be cholera. And they put it in the news, we think it might be cholera. You don't know your ass from your elbow. And this, co- this cost NCL thousands and thousands and thousands, thousands of dollars because of some pinhead paperhead bureaucrats And they exist in all of these almost third world country islands. That's the only way to describe it. I say almost. Mauritius, yeah, nice beach. Look at the water. Please. If I'm David Herrera who runs NCL, I look at my people and say, take it off the itinerary from now on. We don't go back there because it just isn't that important. But look what they did to us. I don't know. Pick a number. $300,000, maybe more all because of a couple of guys, we don't think it's what you say it is. They can test it on board. I mean, they have testing equipment on board to know that it's norovirus, but they obviously wanted to test it themselves. Oh man, I I couldn't be in this business anymore. NCL had to arrange 1,200 hotel rooms in Mauritius. I don't know where they found them. And pay for all that. And all their meals and everything else. Paperhead, bonehead bureaucrats. That's a new one. Keep that. I know what you're thinking. If you listened to yesterday's podcast, I sounded tired. I was. I'm raring to go today. Paperhead, bonehead bureaucrats. By the way, happy birthday if today's your birthday. uh, If you're first-time listeners, I'd like to put a little music in right now just to calm it down. And I had a couple of choices. uh, It's the birthday of Johnny Johnny, uh, Van Zandt, Leonard Skinner. Uh, I could have went... You know, I talk about famous guitar riffs or famous piano riffs like yesterday, Blueberry Hill. Well, this one... This one, obviously, immediately you know what I'm talking about. But I didn't go with it. I didn't go with it. I went with this guy. You raise me. Up Thought so it would calm me down today.. Happy birthday Josh Groban. comb you your hair. Buy a suit that fits. A vest you can button. Sees. You're worth millions. See the hair salon. Good voice though, huh? When I am on your mm-hmm. Everybody sing. You have to finish this. It's gonna end. Raise Stand up in the kitchen and go. You raise me up, or wherever you are. Hotel room. Be. Thanks. Happy birthday, Josh Groban. I know I'm out of my mind today. I had to make up for yesterday. There wasn't any energy. I listened to it. I listened to it this morning and went. You should quit this podcast right this moment. Zero energy. And you people are investing. Nothing, nothing. Real. Oh, your time, your time. But you're all retired. What the hell? You know, you listen to me or talk to the wife. What choice do you have? Um, let me straighten something out. I got an email from from a listener who was in St. Lucia and wanted to go to the Ingrid Bagshaw store. I've talked about this in the past. My wife loves to shop there. Our friend Jira is the manager. Ingrid Bagshaw is the daughter of a very famous couple, the Bagshaws, and well-known in St. Lucia. They had several businesses in screen printing and design, everything else. Well, the mother passed away. With that, the business closed. This is the daughter, Ingrid, and she's opening open and doing very well. She's a designer, and she's in the shopping center right in St. Lucia when you pull in, whatever that harbor thing is called. She's right there. When you get off the ship, just walk in. You'll see it, Ingrid Bagshaw, but... Uh, my buddy, he, list, he asked, Where the, where's the Bagshaw's, And somebody said, no, she died. There's no more Bagshaw's," And that's kind of the, the truth. This is the daughter getting out from under her mother's name. Uh, for years, the mother was the name in St. Lucia. Now, the daughter, Ingrid Bagshaw, with her husband, they're going to start a new name. So if you're there, wonderful dresses, great designer stuff, not crazy price. My wife bought three dresses for herself, one for her sister, one for, oh, well, you buy enough of them. Uh, anyway, go see Jaira and uh, I don't get paid for this, and they'll take good care of you. I'll follow up on the, the rumor that Viking was going to submit a a you know, secret dra- dra- draft, registra- a draft registration statement. I got places to go, so I'm a little speedy up there. Uh, they did, and I did not know this, but as of uh, a few years back, 2017, the SEC will allow you to submit a confidential uh, IPO to them, and they'll review it before... Um, and then give you approval, then you can tell people what's in it. I don't know how that works. I thought it was all supposed to be kind of transparent, but obviously not. So once they review the IPO, then we'll find out more. No, uh, no news on how many shares will be offered or what the price range will be. None of that will be there. Uh, once they approve it, I guess they'll publish it. And then I would imagine that Viking, and Viking now has, I think, 12 with 13 ocean going ships, soon to be 90 river boats, two very successful expedition ships under the direction of Torstein Hagen, the wonderful swashbuckling Norwegian, will finally see whether they make money. Now, there's two schools of thought, none of which I'm competent enough to really say. One, Uh, they need half a billion dollars and they're going to go out to the public to get it and that means they have to open the books or the people that own it now, privately, a lot of really wealthy Norwegians are looking at it going, you know what? We're kicking ass here. Let's take it public and we can dump our shares for a lot more than we can get back a lot more than we put into it and we wouldn't do that as owners depending on how much profit they split. But I think just... You know, dumping your half of what you own would work out. So we'll follow that here at the uh, Delhi Cruise and Travel Podcast. We'll follow that. Here's a follow-up on Boeing without any music today because I just saw that it's the last minute. I don't have the music prepared. I am about to purchase, when I go home, a larger stream deck because every man man wants to brag about the size of a stream deck. You know what I'm saying, children? Uh, And that will have double the buttons I have now. So it'll be even more annoying. Just look forward to that in about two weeks when I get home. I really can't purchase it where I'm at, even though I'm in paradise. They don't have that kind of equipment available. U.S. regulators, according to Bloomberg, by the way, where's that Winchell tick, ticker tape? Uh, U.S. regulators have issued a scathing, a scathing report on Boeing's safety culture. I didn't think that business websites use, search like, use words like scathing. Uh, and they put further pressure on the company as it contends with the fallout, from a near-catastrophic accident at the start of the year. We all know the story. We all know what happened, right? The plug, which is really a door, popped out because no one put the bolts in either when they repaired the door or built the plane, they skipped the bolts. And it all has to do with outsourcing. Um, some, some geniuses at a corporate level decided, you know what? If we outsource this, uh, I bet we can change the salaries we pay. I I bet we can uh, limit our exposure. I bet we can put more profit to the bottom line. And we care more about money than we care about airline safety. Now it's caught up to them. And now they have to care about airline safety first. They have to restore the credibility of Boeing. I mean, Boeing was the aircraft company. What are you on? I'm on Boeing. Other names, Lockheed, whatever, even Airbus. Now, Boeing is like, that's what it stands for. So they have to rebuild all that. In the middle of that, you know what happened here. This is the federal government getting a hot button item that they can handle in an election year. We are on top of this. We're underneath it. We're near the side. We're on both sides of it. And we are making it happen. This administration understands the severity of the situation. You know how it goes. You know how it goes. Bureaucrats running their mouths, blah, blah, blah. These are the same as the other. People, but without the paper hats, they have jumpsuits and coveralls. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE or Summit 4xE. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4 1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Alright, let's get to the uh let's get to the main meat here today. What a world. This ship has some secrets. A very good listener uh, sent me this ad, and I just looked at this Let's start from the beginning. There is a, a ship out there sailing called the World Residence at Sea. It was the idea, the dream, or some say brain fart of Knut Kloster, the founder of Norwegian Cruise Line. It was it built to be residence only. Um, and very quickly after it was built and sold, it was actually purchased by the people. They lived on board because the bank wanted out from under it way back when, in 2003, when the economy went to hell in a handbasket and the bank, everybody wanted it. So the people on it own it and they own apartments on board and they own it. It's managed by a company out of Fort Lauderdale. They also have their own CEOs in charge of keeping the place full. And. Uh, apartments there go anywhere from 1.5 million to 10 million dollars it's an it's a expensive toy because you have to pay for fuel you have to pay for operating costs you have to pay for dry you want to talk about assessments when you live in a high rise like my friend the number one stringer they get Whoa. well how about when you own a ship that was built in 2002 the ship is almost 22 years old the shelf life the average life of a cruise ship is 30 years, at least in mainstream cruising. After 30, they got to get rid of it. Uh, It ends up in Europe or down in Asia or someplace else. But the cost of maintaining it, not to mention the fact bringing it up to the latest maritime codes and all these things that have to be adjusted, and the greenies, the left-wing nuts, they're firing up with the toxic fumes and all the money that has... Owning an apartment in New York City... In a 50-year-old building is not like owning an apartment on a ship that's now 23 years old almost. Um, But the story is about a guy that lived there and wrote several books based on living there. His name is Peter Antonucci. He's a Peter Antonucci. He was a lawyer in New York City and did very well and decided to get involved. In fact, he said when he first sailed on it as a prospective buyer, The first day that he got there, he's like, why would you pay this money for that apartment? It's not that big. And by the third day, he was asking, were there any vacancies? He really understood the freedom of having your own ship. There's 125 to 150 people, maybe 200 max at any time. I think the ship's about 57,000 tons. This is an expensive toy. You're, You're sailing around on a ship that big with a couple hundred people. Somebody's paying the freight. All of the crew on board, the chefs, the restaurants, they have to get paid every week. That's a big, big nut. This is not for the faint of heart. But he had four different apartments there, but that's not the purpose of the story. He's airing the dirty laundry. He's saying, you know, in his books, and in in his book he claims it's not based on the ship, but it is based on the ship. He is saying that a lot of things go on there, you know? You know, upside-down pineapple kind of things, all kind of craziness kind of things. Uh, and it's not positive in terms of... Uh, Uh, the the world resident at sea, but he gets away with it by saying, well, it's not based on that. In fact, he promised the management of the world that it's not based on that, but it's based on that. So it's all over Business Insider, every USA travel, USA, everybody's got a story about Peter Antonucci and the world resident at sea. You know, I have said this many times, If you got nothing but money, baby, if you got disposable income up your disposable, Eh, what the hell, you know, the people that have apartments on the ship have several places around the world and they pop in, they pop out and they, you know, whatever. Maybe the company pays for it and they write it off. But interesting, just Google the world residents and see, I am not going to detail all of the gossip and all the other story that he's just, he's trying to sell the books. He has three books that he wrote about this whole thing. And if I had any kind of ambition at all, I would have written 10 books already about the cruise lines that I've worked for. And I intend to someday when I retire from the industry. Oh, the secrets, the secrets that I have inside of my nimble little brain. Peter Antonucci, The World, uh, and the books are whatever names they are, but just Google him, he's everywhere. He's everywhere. He's certainly not looking to be, um, uh, he doesn't care about exposing his private life, if you know what I mean. All right, here's the tea. Another belly-up story. Another belly-up story in the travel industry. And I wore, I would not normally put this in, but I have many, many Canadian listeners. And I don't always talk about Canada. I like Canada very much, but I don't always have Canadian stories. Once in a while, I pick on Air Canada. But this is a sad story. An ultra-low-cost carrier named Lynx Air, uh, L-Y-N-X, they went belly up yesterday. They ceased operations. Uh, they're Canadian based. Obviously, they're a low budget. They started under this name in April of through, And they never caught up from the pandemic. Now, this is interesting in a way. It was several other names and same company, but they were a charter company. Then a little. They did some charters. Then they did some people. Then they did some other things. And then. 2022, wasn't that the pandemic time, kind of, or the almost at the end of it? That's when they decided to launch it as Lynx Air with, I don't know, 40 uh, Boeing uh, 737s and great, you know, we're going to do great things, and it didn't go. It didn't go that great. And you would think up against Air Canada, they would have a chance, but they didn't. And uh, according to the uh, people running it, the challenges facing the company's business have become too significant to overcome which means one of two things undercapitalized or just <laughs> terrible management that's all you start a company you don't know what you're doing but all i i actually did some research on this the people behind this have 30 years each in the airline industry they got it wrong they thought you know first of all they were i think it was mostly in calgary alberta that's where it started because there wasn't there there was not enough service there the way breeze airways is doing in the u.s so they're done so if you planned on flying on links um in the next few weeks uh, good luck because uh, they're gone i guess you get your money back someday that's how it goes in theory this is a good idea but boy oh boy this could be a nautical brain fart of epical proportions uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, let me do that again it's a very long one for me In theory, this could be a good idea, but oh, boy, this could be a nautical brain fart of epic proportions. On the new Carnival ships coming out, they have smart elevators. But this is, you know, I, I hate to paint everybody with a big brush. The most intelligent people in the world, when they get on a cruise ship, they cease being intelligent. They just don't. And I'm one of them, right there at the top of the list. So they have these smart elevators on these carnival ships now, and now they have to put a video out to tell people, to show people how to use the elevator. It's a friggin' elevator. Do we have to make it that difficult? You get in, you push the floor, and you go there. No. Oh, my goodness. You can't. It, here's the deal. It's important. This is what they're saying. It's important when the guests press the floor indicator, one time for each passenger. When you get on, every passenger has to hit a button so the elevator knows how many people are on board. They used to just know, you know, went, eh, get off. Fat people off. Eh, not now. Everybody has to put in the push in where they're going. Like, let's say you have four people get on, everybody going to nine. One guy would hit nine, that's it. No, five people have to hit nine. So the elevator knows how many people are going to nine. And I guess then they weigh you. I don't know. Um... But you have to do, each person has to do it. This is, it's important that guests press the floor indicator one time for each passenger that, so there will be enough room in the, indi- in the indicator car to accommodate everyone. Jeez, come on. What are you doing there? You get in. If there's no room, you don't get in. What the hell, right? The elevator, you're on deck five. You want to go to deck nine. The door opens. It's full of people. What do you say? Uh, there's no room. Uh, Not here. Everybody has to push a button, so they'll know there's no room for anybody else. Who the hell came up with this? And then all oh, it gets on. You, if just get one guest needs the elevator, they will indicate the deck just one time. Twice for two guests, three times for three guests. You get on with three other people, and you're all going to deck nine. You have to hit nine four times. Why? Just hit nine. I, you know what? I'm a big fan of Carnival Cruise Line, but this is just uh, asinine. Uh, and then it goes on. Now, I'm not going to do the whole story. It's, it's just, it, you lose your mind. You'd have to take extra. Lucinopur, when you read this, somebody decided to make the elevator confusing. Now they're claiming that it works much better. Once you learn how to use it, those are words that should never be uttered about the cruise industry. Once you learn how to use it, yeah, 40 cruises later. That rocket science is on carnival. They're firing rockets. That's about it. Thank you. Take it right to the toilet. Unbelievable. are. It's the Carnival Vista, the Carnival Horizon, the Carnival Panorama, and the Carnival Venetia. Hey, Luigi, hit the button 14 times. Huh? Hey, what happened? Let's see if we get on, and there's only four of us. Hit it 10 times. Let's see what it does. Hey, look, it's on fire. <laughs> well, that's what's going to happen anyway. You know people are going to go in there. Once they learn, there's five of us all right, let's push it 10 times. Because you know what'll happen? If you well, let's find out what it is. Let's say 12 is the number which means you're on deck 4, you're going to deck 10, right? You put in 12 times the uh, the elevator knows not to stop. It becomes the direct elevator. It goes from 5 to 9, you get out, you get more drunk, right? Everybody's going to figure that out. It took me 10 seconds yeah kids kids are gonna be in the elevator pushing it the two kids pushing it 24 times going up and down it won't open for anybody else that's a smart elevator well, i don't know maybe it is maybe it is for me i don't know i know one thing i want to get booked down there just so i can screw with the elevator <laughs> i'd be riding up and down this one never stops on three i know we're busy we're going back and forth how are we doing on time 29 minutes running your mouth again all right here we go last one does flipping over during landing cost extra does flipping over during landing cost <laughs> on friday a single engine seaplane was landing right next to the cruise ships in port miami now according to this it flipped over but i looked at it It didn't flip over it saw the it capsized seven people were on this seaplane it landed and went straight in the water And it's leaning sideways, listening to the right. And they're trying to climb out of it. Luckily, you know, well, first of all, there's five cruise ships right next to where it crashed. No other way around it. But nobody was injured. And they they all got rescued because there were boats everywhere. You know, it was like uh, Sully Sullenberg in the Hudson, but on a small scale. You know, it wasn't a big seven. That was an Airbus coming to A320. Um, this was a little seaplane comes in, nose straight in the water, capsizing. It's leaning to the right. People are hanging on it. And so boaters are coming over, you know. <laughs> they got their cigarette boat. Hey, nice ride. hey there, Joey. <laughs> uh, I hope they've all got their money back. Uh, I would assume you know that the accident is under investigation. Yes, indeed. It was a Cessna 208 seaplane. It overturned while attempting to land. I would imagine that's pilot error. It says it overturned. The picture I saw, it was sitting straight up, so it flipped. Now, if it flipped, it, no, it didn't overturn. That's incorrect because the picture you can see it. It's just he landed incorrectly and must have drove it straight into the water. More than likely, busted off one of those little things that uh, you know that it sits on. And started to sink. But they were rescued right, right away. So there you go. And, uh, it's a good ending for this Tuesday. All right, so now you learn. If you're a first-time listener, that's how it works. And this is how I normally sound when I'm not waterlogged. I think yesterday being the the adult pool that was very green and very hot affected my speech pattern. This podcast, he's firing on two cylinders. <laughs> Uh, you know what I believe? I don't care what you believe. I don't care what you believe either. Say what? Uh-huh. I haven't hit any of those buttons in so long. Uh, Travis Tritt. Here's a quarter of someone who cares. I hope you enjoyed the podcast, but if you didn't, there's a quarter right there. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, hump day. We have a couple more days here in uh, beautiful Denaro Island. It really is. Ooh, just a little far to go. Excited to get on the Crystal Serenity? That'll be a lot of fun. I hope anyway. I mean, last time I was there, the cruise director was great. Hotel manager was great. Bar staff was amazing. It's all inclusive. Hey, you know, we're an Irish guy. You don't pay for your drinks. How bad can it be? You know what I mean, people? The Drake Podcast at uh, gmail.com if you want to reach me. Also, don't forget to check out my website, quackcabins.com. You know what? Summer's coming up. I know I'm in the cruise business, but I'm looking at a few days in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Georgia. I'm going to be in South Carolina for a wedding coming back. I might just spend a couple, three days there. Check out the website, quackcabins.com. Some amazing accommodations from Georgia Mountain Cabin Rentals. Really, at great prices. I mean, when you look at the cost of hotels anymore, you can have a wonderful home for four to six, eight people staying there. Unbelievable. Overlooking the mountains, nearby town. Places to go, restaurants, great vacation, quackcabins.com. And I'll talk to everybody tomorrow. And that annoying thing will be there, too. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh,